Americans, we are all connected, yet it seems like we hardly know each other. What if we could talk above the politics? What if we could talk about our ideas, our hopes for our country, and our fears about the future? What if we could do less talking and more listening? What if we could truly learn from each other? What if we use each other's ideas not to belittle, not to prove a point, not to sound smart or superior, but to better understand one another? The path forward cannot be taken alone. We must continue to move forward together. We are Americans and we rely on each other. The restaurant owner needs the food supplied by the farmer. The software company needs the construction company that built the data centers. Brave men and women of different backgrounds, races, and geographies joined our armed forces to defend our country together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to I Love You Man, But I Disagree. You just heard from my best friend, Jacob Foreman. I'm Scott Raylanew. Jacob and I are two average guys, friends for many, many years with deep respect and love for each other. We care about our country. Uh, we care about our communities. We care about the people around us. But we understand that we have different perspectives. We have different views on important topics that our nation struggles with on a daily basis. What our hope is here today is to demonstrate the need for that discourse between different perspectives, but with the absolute necessity to remember that it should be a civil discourse. So we understand that we have different takes. We respect it and encourage it. But this show hopes to show people out there that you can have that conversation. You can disagree. But the point of the conversation is to come together because we're Americans. We're neighbors. And at the end of the day, we're doing what's best for all of us. And like to add, just thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today. This is something that is a conversation between between Scott and I, and we're really excited to engage with you and, and have you as part of that conversation. Um, today, we're gonna we're gonna focus we're gonna focus on healthcare. Um, it's a it's a national conversation right now. There's many pieces to it. Um, Scott and I have a lot of areas where we agree, and there's plenty of areas where we disagree. And we're gonna get into those disagreements with the lens of understanding and learning. Uh, and I'm really excited to learn from him. Now, my perspective is more of a liberal one, and I identify as a Democrat. And I, on the other hand, am a bit more conservative, and I identify as a Republican. So when we when we think about healthcare, and when you and I have talked about healthcare before, Scott, I think one of the things that comes to my mind, the biggest question is, how involved should government be? Right, and I think that's the discussion everybody talks about, like, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, right? Uh, Republicans always say less government, you know, and liberals and Democrats usually say more government, more government, more government because they can control things, right? So with healthcare, people are worried that um, they're not going to have it, right? Because if the government's not taking care of it for them, how are they going to get it? And um, Republicans are thinking to themselves, well, how the hell are we going to pay for this? If it's going to be government, how are we going to pay for it? And that's, that's the huge issue that I think is at the base of, of most political discussions is okay this is a service that people want and need but how are we going to pay for it and that seems to be at the crux of the issue of the uh, universal health care issue i i agree i mean paying for it is a huge is a huge problem i think one of the reasons why i know from my perspective i know one of the reasons why costs are so high is because we have so many disparate actors there's not 
a large enough regulatory body that's making sure that hospitals are connected. So, for example, we have electronic records at hospitals. Right. And if you go to different hospitals, you don't have access to the previous electronic record from the other hospital. Okay. So what if we had more involvement from the government and more regulation that said... Okay. And regulation sounds like a bad thing often to people. Yeah, people don't this, like regulation. But in this case, the regulation is just... You know what? Because regulation have sounds like the opposite of free market sure. capitalism. So people get very nervous when you start saying regulate, regulate, regulate. Sh- should we allow health to be a free market, though? It's, it's a great question, right? Something and that I people think that's, need to survive. That's what we care about is, is healthcare a a capitalist idea? Is it a is it a supply and demand? Is it a, you know, rush to who's got the best technology? Or is it no? This is for everyone, regardless of race, creed, sex, orientation, you name it, right? It's, it's one of the things, it's why I love traffic. Everybody hates traffic. I love traffic. You wanna know why I love traffic? It doesn't matter if you're in a Mercedes Benz that costs 250 grand, or you're in the beater that costs 200 bucks, right? If you're sitting in traffic, you're sitting in traffic. And the minute it lets up, it lets up. And it doesn't fall that universally with everything else in this world. So it sounds like you're saying people should, all people should have access to high quality healthcare. Uh, that's not what I said. I, oh. I, I'm saying that I'm saying that we have to determine is that is that the the standard that we want to have? Are we going to have a baseline? Why would it Why would it not be the standard we want? Well, I mean, like I said, because there's a cost. There's a cost is to there it. Right? It's not free. Worth, is there anything that's worth our investment more than our health? In, in, in the people's health in our country? I would say that, that health is an important thing, but at the end of the day, you're gonna have to convince people with money that they need to help people without money to receive a good, unless we determine that this is a free good, no matter what. That's that's the issue. So by convince people with money to help people without money, so I think this, this is a good conversation, or interesting, because I feel like that's always can be a tug and a pull between uh, Republicans and Democrats. So to me, and when I when I hear convince people with money to help people without money, I think okay, we can raise taxes, for example, right. and that's be one way that we can we can pay. I also right. think there's lots of efficiencies that can be found if we can connect okay. separate actors, and the government can be can do that um, better than any company could, or really the market ever could, because okay. they're interested. These companies are interested in their profits, right? They're not necessarily interested in making sure everyone's healthy. Sometimes right. those those go hand in hand, but right. their sole action is profit. Right, no, I, I think that you have the issue of money, right? And that's important to people, but then there's also this kind of like, um, well, I'm doing the right thing and you're not. So the guy who drinks every day for 40 years and then now he needs a liver transplant, but he doesn't have good insurance, uh, should he be able to, on his Medicaid policy, be able to get a, a liver transplant? Uh, I don't know. That's that's a huge topic um, to to debate, right? So there's these there's these things that that form the conversation that are exceptions to this rule, right? If I do everything right and I'm a good person and I work and I I contribute and I need help, okay, that guy gets help, maybe can't afford it. What about the guy who is abusing the system, right? The system being um, the uh, the overdose, the overdose. I've heard a lot of stories recently in, in in Ohio where they've had huge issues with drug overdoses, and these guys are calling, they're they're overdosing 
someone's calling an ambulance. The ambulance comes to pick them up. That ain't cheap. Sure. And so it's like they've done it once. They've done it twice. And they're they're now talking about in Ohio or West Virginia where they're making uh they're considering a law where after the second time, if uh if you overdose again, they're not gonna send an ambulance. Because they've said that we only have X dollars to to take care of these people and they're not paying for it, right? They're not contributing for it. And they're abusing they're abusing our service, our health service, and somebody's gotta pay for it. That that EMT Right. He, he's got to he's got to pay his bills and the company that runs the ambulance, they got to put gas in the ambulance. Right. So how many times are you going to abuse the system, do something wrong? Right. And we we say we got you. We got you. So a couple of things. Um, good. I understand the aversion to feeling cheated, maybe in some yeah. way. I understand that. I mean, that's a really strong human nature aversion. No one wants to feel cheated. No, no one wants to feel that. Um, they are paying into a system that they're doing everything right, that they're working hard, that they're paying taxes for people who aren't doing the right thing necessarily. Um, I guess what I'll add on top of that is that person who has a drug overdose, that person, um, who has kidney failure. Sure. There's a level, there's a level of personal responsibility. I I understand. Agree. Good. I think maybe where we can talk more is what I think is there's not a hundred percent personal responsibility. They work within a system, right? Okay. That person is within the healthcare system that we created. Okay. And ultimately that system is letting them down because I, I think there is, and there will always be those like those bad apples, those people who want right. to take advantage or those people who just can't get it through their head. Right. Um, but we, that doesn't mean we give up. It doesn't mean we give up on everyone else who's struggling or having a hard time. Like yeah. that's not the country. And I know that's not who you are. And I know it's not the country we want to be in. We don't give up on these people. We say, okay, there's something wrong here. What is it that we can control to make it better? Right. And so probably what we can control to make it better, take your example of someone who has a drug overdose, is maybe we need more education and around this. Maybe yeah. so that it doesn't happen at a young age. Maybe we, maybe we need more outreach. Maybe we need more social workers. Maybe they're depressed. Like we need a more holistic system. Right. And in order to have a holistic system, it can't be driven by profit. You want to treat the disease, not the, not the symptom, which, which is a lot of money and a lot of time and effort. And a lot of people feel like, Hey, I go to work every day. I live my life. I, you know, I indulge, you know, I, I like going to McDonald's. I like, uh, little retail therapy on, on, on occasion, but like, you don't see me, you know, shooting up heroin. No. And so people feel like that. People feel like, Hey, I'm doing everything right. I'm resisting these temptations. Um, wh- why can't they, that's not fair. Why am I continually paying from the, Oh, and they're having such a hard time with it. Now I, we need to pay, you know, the state of Ohio or the state of Illinois, you name it. They have to pay, you know, a hundred million dollars this year in drug awareness campaigns and it's like oh my gosh drug awareness why aren't we fixing our roads why aren't, why aren't we doing something but wait you just said roads maybe are more important than people like people's health like to me people's health and i know you're not saying that but like to me the point is that people's health is the most important is the most important thing yeah so if we like imagine what could be done if those i don't know the stats but yeah. the, all those uh, people who and that's are not why addicted. we're here we're not here to go over stats right. and and quote you know studies and stuff like that these you know again but imagine all the people addicted to drugs that you're that you're mentioning um imagine if they some of them some percentage got help and now we have 
productive people. Maybe yeah. we have geniuses. No, you're, you're right. I in mean, that population, like we, I just, I think that we can't give up on those people. We should never give up, even if a few of them are taking advantage of of the system. Well, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I think it's valid to the the conversation of healthcare. Right? Is maybe we're not just looking at one aspect of it, but what are we doing from a prevention? What are we doing for an assistance? Not just are we paying for somebody's ambulance, right? Are we right. are we investing in the infrastructure associated with people's health, right? Just like just like my healthcare pays for my my preventative maintenance of you know two dentist appointments a year. Um, maybe we can be doing more for those people. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I hear the point of we can't let people take advantage of it and nothing's free, right? Like if we want to fix the system or improve the system, we have to find a way. And pay, when and to, when will there be consequences? When, when will somebody actually have to pay the, the financial piper of, of these things? And, and I'm not saying we have to continue that right now. I'm just saying sure. people care about that answer. They really do. Right. Um, so the, one of the reasons why we, we decided to start off with, with, with universal health care is because it's a huge, huge topic in today's uh, news cycle, right? Um, you know, Obamacare came out in 2010 and, and or the Affordable Care Act, excuse me. Uh, better known as Obamacare. You know, they're the same thing, right? Yes, I know. Better known as Obamacare. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. Um, and, you know, 2016, God, I tell you what, you know, our president, Donald Trump, and many of the Republicans ran, ran their basically entire um, campaigns on, you know, repeal and replace, right? And there's a lot of sentiment that this isn't working. And I think that a lot of people um, that resonates with and – there are a lot of people on the same on the other side, like yourself, that think that it is a necessary function to our to our country. I'll start things off. Uh, I'm a salesman. Um, I work for a um, a company that sells glass, and even in the limited conversations that I've had with my bosses and the conversations that I've had with my uh, customers, who mom and pop businesses they express their discontent with the high insurance premiums or taxes um, that they're having to pay that are a d direct um, uh, are directly because of the affordable care act right and so that onus on them um, is enormous um, and so they feel that it is a hindrance to to their business um, it's, it's an additional cost to them that they're having to absorb that um, that they don't want. And so, you know, we care about providing this service and these uh, healthcare plans for people that aren't employed, but there are people out there that are, are paying, paying for them. And um, maybe there are ways to, to dramatically um, improve them. Right. I think it's about the society we want to live in. So do we want to live in a society where people who work a certain amount of hours, it's 30 hours is, is the rule, um, have access to health care? To me, yes. Yes, I want to live in that society. Um, if that means that the business has to figure out a way to, to like come up with that money, I'm okay with it because that's the society I want to live in. Um, Putting the onus on the, on the business to, 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 pay take, the, to take care of their employees. Okay. Because it's because it is a business's responsibility, you think, to pay for their employees' health care. Now, well, and, and, and let system, me just caveat here, people. We, caveat here. 
I have medical coverage through my employer. My right. wife is on that medical coverage. So I'm, I, I appreciate it. I, I work hard. I, I pay my premiums. I have good coverage. So, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm in it, man. I, I'm doing it. So but. that's the system we're in. So like this circles back. It's all connected right to the universal healthcare debate too. I mean, I, I would rather see the government in that business of providing healthcare to people. I think it'd do a much better job, but currently we, are in the system where many people, including myself and you and a lot of people we know, get their health care from their employer. Um, and for me, it's okay. It's actually desirable to put a rule in place that if you work a certain amount of hours, which is 30 hours on average a week, then you should be given given coverage. And what if you don't work? Then it gets a lot harder in our country, right? right. I mean, there's, I mean, you and I have talked about, oh, it'd be great to maybe do our own business or try something entrepreneurial um, and one of the biggest hindrances to that is the cost of healthcare, right. which to me is a huge, that's a huge problem. Yeah. There's so much untapped potential. I mean, America's already very entrepreneurial, but think about all the untapped potential that's out there because people are fearful of paying for healthcare costs. Um, I also will say that the Affordable Care Act, I think there's been some good things, although it certainly has struggled in terms of rising premiums and decreased coverage in some places yeah. um one of the things that that i know and if i can just kind of talk about a, a couple specific things here one of the things that i know that was kind of met with some some frustration from democrats liberals you know you, you know use whichever one you want is that uh president trump just uh said that they can go across uh, policies can go across state lines now um and so because of that you know they're able to offer cheaper policies that make older poorer sicker people um uh, less covered i don't know if that's the right term but um certainly that their premiums go up um and so that that's been like a a big like oh no how could he do that um i i think that the competition is necessary i think that it's productive um you know there's that fine line between deregulation and regulation and i think that enabling you know first and foremost i think that Healthcare for everyone is a good thing, you know, just in, in its in an abstract way. I think healthcare for everyone is a good thing. Everyone should be able to seek medical attention if they need it. That being said, the Affordable Care Act, I think, leaves some things to be desired. And so. So why my I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I think that what I'm trying to get to is that there are things that we're doing with a more conservative approach that are really upsetting liberals because um, it, it's it's not it's not protecting these less than um, qualified uh, uh, customers or you know uh, coverees, if you will, and the people I, who need it most. Yes, potentially. that's possibly you know one of the, the things about Which it was, makes it more expensive but but here's the, here's the thing that 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 i i'm i'm scared about right is that um you have the affordable care act and you have four companies that offer medical insurance you know in a, in a state right in tennessee so um over time because of the obligations now you just have one provider one provider and it's like now they have the monopoly because everybody they just pulled out but why does that happen why so you tell me why does that happen I think the the biggest reason why that's happened is because the government has not been able to tinker with the Affordable Care Act to make adjustments based on what they're learning. Yeah. If you were running a business, if you're doing anything, yeah. you're going to put something out there, you're going to learn, and you're going to adjust. And so far, 
the government has been unable to make changes to it. Maybe because they lost the election, and that's kind of how it goes, and the Republicans refuse to support it. It's just been something they want to take down, take down, take down, not improve upon or change for the better. They just want to repeal it. Um, it's a huge piece of legislation. If you're not able to tinker with it, it's bound to have its its fallouts. Um, uh, to me, that's the biggest reason. I'm sure there's a lot of like detailed political stuff sure. around it, um, but to me, that's the biggest reason. Right. So as I look at it, right, as I look at universal health care, um, one of my gripes with it is that I feel that we're looking at it from a very reactionary standpoint. Um, and again, I, I'm cool if, if we say, hey, let's let's take care of people, right? Let's take care of people who you know, work hard and do the right thing. And, and um, you know, it's funny, I, th- I think that uh, um, it was said in like a previous election cycle about um, you know, the, the 47%, right? The 47% who pay taxes and then the, the 53% who don't. But at the same token, I think there are people in this country that can't help themselves, uh, whether they're physically disabled, mentally disabled. And I think we do have a, an obligation as a country to take care of those people. I, I absolutely agree with that. But I think that there are a lot of issues, um, both with the people that are being covered by the Affordable Care Act, uh, that um, aren't doing their fair part. And then I have a gripe with uh, those, uh, with the opposite side of it, right? And we've talked about this a little bit before, is that uh, we keep throwing money at it. It's kind of like student loans to me. Uh, We keep throwing, uh, which will be a conversation for another day. Uh, We keep throwing money at the at the Affordable Care Act, right? How do we pay for that? How do we pay for it? How do we pay for it, right? But we're not talking about the other side. So the government's going to step in and we're going to help. We're going to help people pay for it, the astronomical cost of medical care. But we're not going to step in and say, hey, doctors, hey, you know, uh, uh, prescription, you know, drug companies, um, you're charging an absolutely insane amount for these services and uh goods now it comes back into regulation i agree i agree to to an extent i i I definitely agree that we need to work on the insurance companies and drug companies and figure out a way to continue to cut back their costs and make sure they do right by the people the affordable care act does have some uh a lot of restraints on insurance companies okay the most popular one is pre-existing condition right um so that increases coverage for so many people for the same price um also it has a lot of incentives on innovation it, it tells gives buckets of money that encourages nonprofits and other institutions to go out there and try to find ways to implement um coverage more effectively um i'm blanking on the name but i'll come back to it if i remember so there is things in the affordable character that, that, that are addressing what you're saying in terms of the inefficiencies basically in the healthcare system. Um, although I don't think they go far enough. So yeah, we definitely agree there. I think that people, I think that people are frustrated that uh, we keep shouldering the cost while these hospitals and urgent care centers, I mean, it blows me away that I look up when I'm driving up Ashland and I see a billboard for a hospital. I see a uh, a sign for a uh, for a doctor's office, when I, for an advertisement for a dentist, promotions for a an orthopedist. I was like, wait a minute, why are they fighting over customer? Why why? why is, so what would be the solution? I, 
I'm not necessarily saying that I have the answer. Would it be more regulation? I'm just saying that there, if you're going to regulate things, why are we regulating paying for this rather than the cost of it? You understand what I'm saying? I think so. I mean, I think there's a lot of interest. I know there's a lot of entrenched interest and lobbying is a real thing that makes a difference in terms of policy. So I think that's part of it. Um, but it sounds like you and I aren't that far apart no, when, it I mean, comes, I, when it comes down to it. Like we, we want people to have quality care. We believe it's important. I think maybe where we have some differences is paying for it. And I'm basically like, can you, well, I'm we're not saying, necessarily paying for it, but the costs, right? The, it's not just, it's not just the, um, who's paying, but how is money exchanged for, for medical care? And I think that we're so quick to jump at giving everybody a, hey, here's a free um, doctor appointment, or hey, here's free healthcare, or here's discounted who gets, healthcare. Who gets free healthcare? Well, I think there are huge incentives for those people who make X amount oh, of money. Oh, the, the subsidies. It's not free. Just excuse me. You they were, would no, be I, happy if I, it was free. I appreciate I'm sure it's subsidized, I, 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 though. No, I appreciate it. There are certain elements that are, are compensated and certain elements sure. that, right, okay. But we were so quick to say, hey, here's a discount. Here's a, here's a handout for a cheaper health care. But we didn't say, hey, doctor's office, why are you charging $185 a visit? Hey, doctor, what do you make in salary every year? Oh, 300 grand? Yeah, that's not necessary. And So maybe the Affordable Care Act should be uh, expanded on. Well, I think it should. Take, I take, think it take should be. I think account. it should be certainly tinkered with. I don't want to use the word replaced, but I do think it should be certainly. I think the the idea of affordable care, right? Rather than thinking of it as a how are we paying for it, the affordable side should be what does it cost? Like kind of overhauling the system, right? And and I, as much as I am for for free market and capitalism, the way I think about healthcare. Is that it can't be businesses, it can't be for profit, it's it's got to be a public good if we truly feel like it is. And so if it's a public good, let's go all in, man. Let's do it. But I'm not okay with the current uh, situation where we we just say, Oh, here's some money, here, you just pay for it. Here, here. Mm-hmm. we'll help you out. Just just mm-hmm. pay for it. When we're not thinking about the doctors and think, nurses and, and don't get me wrong they do they do i have friends that are nurses and have gone through medical school and you know are busting their butt to, to be the best doctors and nurses that they can but they've got to look at what they're doing what these institutions are doing these hospitals are doing to everybody where they can't pay for it and it's like golly that's how do you how do you do that how do you work for an entity so what do we do i mean so it's so it sounds like we agree almost a hundred percent. Right. I mean, we both agree that it costs too much. We both agree there should be more regulation and we both agree that people are being left behind and it's not right that things are so expensive. Um, and I think we even, so we agree on the problem for sure. Agree on the problem. I think we agree on the solution. I mean, so let me try to recap. Okay. Let me try to recap. So I think that, um, generally there, you're saying we should have more regulation that the affordable care act didn't quite go far enough that it should have, it's, yeah, it's expanding coverage, and that's good, and maybe there's some ways it could be better, but also it kind of forgot and didn't do enough about the hospitals and the general costs that come come with everything mm-hmm. and the insurance companies. Um, 
I I I agree. I think I think I think we're there on it. I maybe I'm not even gonna try to find where we disagree. Because yeah. I think there's a, there's so much where we, where we absolutely agree. No, I I think that the basic human nature is you know let's let's take care of people. I think we're we're right. We're agree on that. I think where we disagree is how can we make this more affordable and where's the burden? Where's the burden here and why are we allowing the burden where it is right now? And, uh, you know, we talk about taking care of the taxpayer and the, you know, who, who takes care of these things. I think that we need to give a hard look at uh, the companies and the people working in these in these industries and say, hey, bud, actually, um, you can't set your price. Um, and so now we're going to now we're going to regulate it. Mm-hmm. However. And, and this is this is going to lead into another really big thing, you know, and a, a whole another conversation is when you start telling people, hey, we're regulating you. That's how you get private schools. That's how you get the public school education and you get a private school education because a couple people get together and say, you know what? We're the best. We're going to start our own thing. We don't need your money. We don't need your regulation. Right. Just like private schools, you don't have to be a registered teacher or, or, or licensed um, you know, I'm okay instructor. with I'm okay with that, right? I mean, as long as the, if there's another tier, right? So if we say there's a public option, for okay. example, which maybe is what you're saying, okay, where it's cheaper and it's basically and it's run by the government. Yeah. Maybe they'll work with insurance companies, but it's run by them. Yeah. Um, that's fine, and maybe that is like a standard. Let's just not make care. it based on uh, property tax uh, income. Yeah, that's true. We've seen how that works uh, here in the city of Chicago, right? You got you got everybody going up to the north suburbs because those schools are so good. So, but what would be so tax. wrong if there was a higher, like if people who had more money and said, you know what, I don't want to be involved in public option. I want to contribute to that. I want to go to a higher level, better hospital, whatever, and I want I want to pay for it. I don't have a problem. I mean, that's fine if that's what what's going to happen as long as this baseline so is still available is option for people. Yeah. Okay. And and those who choose to go to that higher option are still contributing to the public one. Yes. Right. Just like public schools. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. That's their choice. Right. It's an idea. Yeah. It's, it's a. It's, I think it's a pretty good idea. And and I'm sure there are, you know, again, I I'm not, you know, we're not political scientists here. We're not data analysts here. So I'm sure there's a few things we said wrong right. already. No, I'm but sure we've, it's, we've a, it's about it's about the ideas. It's the it's conversation is the bigger ideas, yeah. and I, I think we're hitting it. Um, but uh, it's certainly something that that people care about. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. This is our our first uh, episode of I Love You, Man, but I disagree. Uh, as you uh, heard today, Scott and I found a lot of areas of agreement. Uh, as well as some topics that you know we're going to keep on talking and we can't and promise that it'll out. always it'll always be that uh, that good that much agreement, but uh, we do promise to continue the civil conversation because that's what people need. That's what we got to do. Uh, that's how we're going to come to to resolutions and compromise. And so we really appreciate y'all tuning in, and uh, we hope uh, you're back with us next time. Yeah, thanks again, and have a great day.